0: Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode 18, with independent learning tech analyst, John Lay. Today, I interview Sama Hafiz, VP of Customer Success at Thought Industries, about the new corporate role of the, the customer success executive. You can find more of our content at TalentedLearning.com. Hello, listeners, and thanks much for tuning in to another episode. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Extended enterprise is defined as any education targeted to audiences that are not your employees or your academic students. Some examples would be your customers, your potential customers, partners, resellers, members, suppliers, and more. It's the extended enterprise side of learning technology solutions that's really driving the most innovation uh, in our industry. And today, from the practitioner and the vendor perspective, my guest is Sama Hafiz. Sama is currently the VP of Customer Success at Thought Industries, which is a SaaS software company that provides training infrastructure solutions for other SaaS software companies to train their customers. Whoa, you can't ask for a a better perspective than that, and we look forward to asking you uh, all kinds of questions uh, to understand your view of the world. Welcome to the Talented Learning Show, Sama. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Just for a, a level setting, you know, I mentioned that you're a, a SaaS software company. And, you know, just to help define for anybody that's not living in our world, SaaS software is is really just software that's in the cloud. Uh, just about everybody you know, uses it on their personal life in uh, you know, if you're using Gmail or you're using um, any social media, uh, Facebook or Instagram or something like that, it's all software in the cloud that you need a browser to go to. Well, it turns out that, uh, SaaS software companies, there's tons of them, thousands and thousands of them, and they range from everything from the social media to learning management systems, learning content management systems, virtual classrooms, software storage, customer service, e-commerce software, marketing automation, CRM, project management, accounting software, taxation, I mean, you name it, for every industry, from fixing cars to, to forestry, there's software out there. And one thing they all have in common, these software companies, is they have customers, and they need those customers to be successful in order to grow and be successful as a company. And and so it's really stemmed a a whole industry, and that's the purpose of today's interview, is to talk about how organizations are facing this. So maybe, Sam, I'm doing too much talking on your interview. Why don't we start off with, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Thought Industries and what you do as an organization, and we'll dig down from there
1: great well thank you hi everyone my name is sama hafiz and i work at thought industries we're a, a boston based company with employ- employees sprinkled across the us and uh, in ireland and we like to think that we're building the world's most advanced learning rocket ship really based on decades of you know proven learning science research and best practices but fundamentally we're you know we're a learning technology company that's focused on external learning delivery and we operate in two key markets Um, you know one of our key offerings is a learning business platform that really powers for-profit learning and professional training organizations Um, in regards to what we've you know what we've been talking about here our second offering is a customer learning platform which you know our software manufacturing retail and subscription-based customers use to deliver high impact scalable onboarding and training to their customers and their customer-facing teams, really, with the ultimate goal of driving product adoption, customer retention, and, and time to value. Um, I think you know a good analogy might be you know sort of thinking about us from the perspective of maybe the Squarespace or the Wix or the Canva of online learning. You know, in that we allow you to bring your learning vision to life in a fully white-labeled, branded environment that looks modern, futuristic, sleek, and compelling enough. To take to market, and um, we are a cloud-based solution.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with all that rapid development and two product lines, and you know, it sounds like you get uh, pretty complex for you know these type of companies to to roll out your software. How do you get them successful? Tell us about your role uh, of VP of, of customer success. What that means. In two flavors, I think, what that means in your current role, and and I guess also if you care to expand on really how important that role is in general across uh, SaaS software companies if we dig on that side of your business.
1: Oh, yeah, sure thing. Um, That's a great question. So, you know, my background is in customer success, technology enablement, customer operations, systems design, and business intelligence. I've really spent most of my career building and scaling teams, processes, and organizations from the ground up to create value for customers and employees. And ultimately, I am really passionate about helping both individuals and our customers succeed, and I you know, enjoy developing deep relationships, which I believe is critical kind of in this universe of SaaS and software. As the vice president of customer success, um, my role really begins once the contract is signed, so post-sales. I'm responsible for ensuring that our customers are able to realize value from their initial investment by, you know, driving considerable growth, behavioral change, and ultimately operational transformation through our technology and our services. So, you know, we strive to be kind of the the, the means to a customer's end goal or end outcome. I manage our customer education, our customer onboarding, customer support, and professional services teams at Thought Industries. And in addition to you know ensuring our customers don't walk out the door, I'm responsible for helping grow our business partnerships. Um, put another way, you know, I oversee the teams and the series of operations that enable us to onboard, train, and support our customers for the duration of their time with us. And I measured on my ability to positively, in- positively, sorry, influence retention, product adoption, and expansion.
0: Not mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. me. Interesting, and you spent a, a career, uh, even outside of uh, Thought Industries, a career thinking about uh, these same type of things. Do you do you see the same role that you have right now modeled, uh, I guess, time and time again in, in these software, uh, uh, you know, I like guess, sister software organizations, or do you find that it's unique for each organization as they're they're trying to embrace uh, the, the concept of a customer success role?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that the, the role of customer success um, is becoming more and more ubiquitous across sort of the SaaS universe. Um, you know, you can think of customer success, um, which for a lot of folks is a, is a sort of a buzz term, like the older cousin um, or half sister or sibling of account management, which historically is focused solely on, you know, renewals and churn. But as more businesses move to subscription models, as the cost to acquire a customer continues to rise and as more investors and boards shift away from a purely, you know, maniacal focus on top line revenue growth, which, you know, on its own no longer determines or influences the long term viability of a company, I think we're starting to see, you know, that more and more companies are investing in hiring dedicated customer success teams and executives to oversee and and invest in the success and business outcomes of their customers, not simply just renewal and churn. Um, So, yeah, we're starting to definitely see more traction and fundamentally, um, you know, if you look at some of the metrics as evidence, we've seen exponential growth of the customer success profession. If you, you know, we're among some some of the early customer success um, evangelists, then you know, you would have maybe gone to a, a customer success, you know, conference and maybe been in a room with anywhere from maybe 30 to 300 people. Now these conferences are attended by, you know, thousands of, um, you know, professionals across the world. And, you know, the the role can vary from company co- to company, and um, folks might have a background in sort of traditional client services or consulting or solutions architecting, product. Um, it can be really a mixed bag, and it does vary by industry. but. You know, consumers now have tons of options, um, and so, you know, and they're demanding more and more personalization. It's really a no-brainer that they're choosing to work with providers who are invested in their long-term success. So I think, you know, that's really how the the industry and the role has evolved. Um, And, you know, at sort of a a company-to-company level, what you'll find is that, you know, the VP of customer success, Um, might report into a different executive. Um, So I think a recent report I read sort of marked it at 50% of, you know, um, customer success executives are reporting to the CEO um, maybe about 30% reporting to the chief operating officer and roughly 20% reporting to a sales executive or, you know, chief revenue officer. Um, you know, there's no one size fits all approach.
0: What would be the, the top two or three metrics you think that I guess all SaaS companies would worry about it in terms of customer success and, and bringing on new customers?
1: Churn that might be broken down into sort of logo churn or gross um, dollar churn, um, you know, There are other nuanced churn metrics and models that, you know, might take a look at net churn, um, which, you know, factors in any expansion or upsell. Um, And I don't disagree necessarily with some of those key churn – or sorry, customer success metrics, but I think I do have a little bit more of a nuanced perspective. Um, You know, I believe that customer success metrics – you know, should focus more and more on, you know, things like time to value, the actual outcomes that, you know, your team um, should be driving for your customers, and, and front and center really ROI. I think these are leading indicators for any customer success team. So if you're, you know, if you're trying to help your customer drive critical behavioral changes and, you know, fundamentally address challenges or, you know, hindrances to growth, Through your technology and the services that you're providing, then, you know, you're going to make them look like rock stars with their organizations, and they will continue to reward you by doing business with you, and, you know, they'll rave about you to all of their friends, and that's what brings in more referral business, and that's what reduces your cost to acquire a customer. So I think by focusing on outcomes and ROI uh, metrics like churn, retention, expansion, which I think are lagging indicators – those are naturally going to improve because they're fundamentally linked to the ROI equations.
0: So uh, just in general, what, what does that mean in a, in a software company?
1: Yeah, customer churn is one of the most important metrics for a growing business to measure and evaluate. You know, And as I mentioned, while there are so many different ways to measure churn and we've become much more sophisticated and nuanced in terms of how we sort of calculate and forecast churn, you know, a simple logo churn calculation looks at the number of customers you started with, versus the number of customers you ended with in a given period of Mm. time. So let's say you start the month of January with 10 customers and you end the month with eight. Your logo churn would be 20% because you lost two customers. You can calculate dollar churn in a very similar fashion. So if you started with $10,000 of monthly recurring revenue and you ended with eight, then your gross churn rate would be 20%. You know, you're probably wondering, well, you know, why do I need to focus on churn? You might be thinking, you know, I lost two customers, right, and I, and I have eight um, remaining. Well, if you realized less revenue from the customers you lost than what you spent on trying to actually acquire them and onboard them, then that's a huge hit to your bottom line. Um, you know, the earlier customers churn, then the less likely you are to recover your cost to actually acquire and serve them. And it's unfortunate, but it doesn't stop there. You know, in my years of doing this, customers who leave um, are more likely to go online, give you bad reviews, you know, sort of socialize their negative experience with their colleagues, um, which can kill maybe any deals that are in the pipe. And, um, you know, I think subscription companies are just – they're now a lot more conscious of the fact that even marginal improvements – in churn or retention can have a resounding impact on profit you know returning or recurring customers they tend to spend more money on your product the longer they stay with you um, or you know they might acquire more services from you over time Mm -hmm. and that means is that you don't have to spend as much time or effort acquiring new business um so you know churn's really important strong companies they forecast churn based on a set of predictive parameters and i would say newer companies or you know, um, weaker companies are, you know, they, they have a tendency to react to churn when the wave hits them.
0: Do you think just by the nature of the subscription aspect of these businesses that customer success is more important versus, you know, I guess getting all their money up front on a on a software sale, but that constant drip of every month that you can never let your guard down on, on, on customer service?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think the subscription economy has arrived. You know, we're used to sort of the, the Netflixes, the handies out there, and we don't want to make a huge upfront investment because we know there are options out there, and companies know that too. Um, it's a lot easier for a consumer to trial a software through an annual or a monthly subscription, um, and therefore makes it a little easier to acquire that customer because they don't have to make a, sort of a lump sum investment up front, but you know, that means that operationally you have a lot more work to do and every interaction is essentially a resell of your services or your product.
0: What is uh, time to value defined through this lens?
1: Time to value, that buzzword. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like to break time to value into what I call like initial or quick time to value, um, separate from what I would term as time to ROI value. And I'll kind of flesh that out here in a second. Time to initial value or time to quick value is really, you know, the number of hours, days, weeks, or months it takes for your customer or user, you know, after you sign the contract to, you know, get a critical job done or realize value in a way that they could not have, you know, without the use of your services or your technology. You know, it's typically in a a SaaS environment, the time it takes, for an end user to feel like they accomplished something in your system. And, you know, it's just it's really important with sort of the kind of pressure we have to sort of perform at work um, and just the diminishing time we seem to have these days um, for end users to be able to realize value very soon after their product is actually delivered or activated. And time to ROI value, which I mentioned earlier, is the longer span of time typically. It's the time that it takes for your service or your technology to deliver on a customer's core business use case. It's really the reason that they're buying your solution in the first place. And that could take some time. Um, I'll just give you some examples of initial or quick time the value that are relevant to our customers. So you know folks that are um, signing up with us are you know consolidating from multiple systems to just a single system, and that alone can save them, you know, a considerable amount of money, and make room for budget. Um, you know, make budget room for headcount or other, you know, important company initiatives. Um, another example is just the simple migration of content and/or users from an old clunky, stitched together, patched together system to to our system. Um, or you know something as simple as just being able to drive actionable reporting that you can now go take to your boss and you know deliver some critical insights that help optimize your business. So those are some sort of examples of quick time to value that don't require you to fully train or ramp up or onboard or you know um, launch a customer. The um, the relationship to churn here, um, which you asked me about. Uh, You know, really, the longer it takes for a customer to feel like they're getting, you know, value out of your system or accomplishing something, the more they're going to doubt why they invested and bought your product or your your software. Um, And then you end up with an unhappy, unengaged, walking customer that wants their money back and is suddenly escalating and, you know, it can get real ugly real quickly depending on, you know, the, the sort of the pressure to, to perform and other sort of variables. But, um, you know, in a nutshell, there's a direct correlation between um, time to value and your ability to both renew and, um, you know, upsell a customer.
0: Well, unbelievably, we're at our time already, but we have uh, one last question. There's uh, there's going to be lots and lots of people on this podcast that are nearly as far as you Uh, and thinking about this topic, any advice you would give to people getting started or organizations getting started in customer success? And what's the best way to go from zero to, to, to 60 here or even 30?
1: Yeah, so if you're just getting started in customer success or customer education, you know, I was once a newbie myself. I think the best place to start is by asking yourself what you're passionate about. I think to... Live and breathe customer success or customer education. You fundamentally have to be passionate about helping customers work through their unique challenges. Um, you know, it's a lot easier said than done. Um, but if you don't really live in their universe or attempt to sort of embed yourself within their, um, you know, their organization, then it's really hard to design a relevant training or an education program, and it's hard to help them succeed. Um, our customers, you know, they're not accounts. They're our partners. We we are stressed out when they're stressed out. Their highs are our highs. Um, you know, we, we really work through um, their needs and challenges um, as though we're operating as a single team. So, you know, if you're looking to educate your customers today and you don't know where to start, um, you know, I think a, a set of self-discovery questions is probably sort of your best starting point. Um, you know, do you have dedicated resources to managing your training, delivery, and operations? Um, you know, what kind of education and training do you want your want to deliver to your end users? Um, you know, I think there are lots of options for um, young professionals looking to sort of embark in, in you know, a career in customer education. Um, but I, I think you've got to look to see if the passion's there, if the interest is there, um, and really talk to people who've done the job, right? Interview them, ask them what they think, and if anyone has any questions or wants to sort of, you know, have a one-on-one chat, you know, you guys are welcome to reach out to me directly over LinkedIn or over email.
0: Outstanding. Well, there you have it folks. Some real sage and experienced insight and wisdom about customer success and what that means and how to measure it and how to get started and things to think about uh a really fascinating conversation and so glad you took the time to to virtually stop by sama thank you audience also for tuning into another episode of the talented learning show podcast series you can find more of our fiercely independent content at talentedlearning.com thanks and, and have a great day thanks sama
1: thanks john